The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We signed the contract for the, uh, the renovations, and while the um, actual date of the contract starts April Fool's Day, <laughs> we will um, begin the renovations on Monday. So this is an amazing thing we're, we're embarking on, and, and um, um, I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of this. I'm so excited to be participating in a community that wants to put together a retreat center that will be offering retreats on a donation basis. It is such an inspiring thing to offer this to the world. And for those of you who've been on retreat, you know how transformative it is personally. And it's, it's a personal transformation that we offer to the world. The Buddha talked about that this, this fathom-long body is the world. And the transformation that happens on retreat happens in our bodies and our minds and transforms our world. But it not only transforms our world because everyone we come in contact with is also transformed by how we change. So I'm so inspired to be part of this community to, um, to help support the world in this way. So, um, I don't think I introduced myself. I'm Andrea Fella. <laughs> and I am one of the um, teachers here at IMC and the, one of the chief enlightenment officers for the Insight Retreat Center. And I'd like to introduce my uh, fellow co-chief enlightenment officer, Gil Fronstahl. So welcome, everyone. And uh, I don't know about the chief enlightenment officer, but maybe I can try to be the comic enlightenment officer. <laughs> the, um, it's been one of the uh, best things in my life to be part of this community here uh, now for 20 years. The bright light that such a community should exist and that we come together and practice the Dharma in the way we do and support each other. And to have this now spread and grow to become this retreat center is an amazing thing, not only for me personally and not only for our community, but it's an amazing thing for our world, for our wider world. And there's a lot of people who are watching. And uh, some people are watching and says, have told me many times over the last 20, 30 years, we've been 25 years, 20 years, you can't do it, Gil. <laughs> and so, you know, you can't do this retreat center thing. And uh, I guess I'm not supposed to say that at a fundraiser. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, it's possible we can't do it, but I'm, I'm trusting that we'll find that out in about 100 years. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, uh, it's beautiful what we're doing, and I, I have a lot of faith and a lot of confidence in what we're doing. I have a lot of gratitude to all of you for supporting it and being here and, and for many, many people. You know, uh, about 1,000 people now have donated to support the retreat center. It's a phenomenal number. So uh, I have tremendous uh, gratitude, and with all sincerity, I'd like to thank you all. But we don't have too much sincerity. <laughs> so what we've arranged to do is, is we've taken, I've taken the air out of the sincerity, so we're left just with sin. <laughs> and one of the most dangerous uh, justifications for sin is, is play, to have fun. So uh, we're going to try some comic sin.
and uh, and uh, we'll see how this goes. But uh, you know, so this idea of the IPO, the initial practice opportunity. Uh, now I think it should be the initial party opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, <laughs> and you were here. I mean, <laughs> how often does this happen at IMC? And uh, rock out with a metta sutta. <laughs> <laughs> So um, I think that you've met, many of you have uh, realized that down through the recent decade or so, 20 years, there's slowly been growing up around us. Um, you know, we're sitting here minding our own business, being mindful, being quiet, doing our practice. And then all around us in America has grown up this mindfulness industry. And, um, and so for this night, for this day, we've decided that we're going to uh, assume our appropriate leadership position in uh, this, in this industry. And uh, so this is why the IPO. And it was, it was very important to do it before Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not distracted. <laughs> and, uh, and so in this mindfulness industry that we are in, we're very well positioned. And I want to give you a little bit of prospectus. <laughs> Andre and I have spent a lot of time researching. We were part of the research and development team. And uh, we have discovered an amazing uh, supply for our product. And it's a very abundant, extremely cheap, it's green, it's refurbished and recycled. And um, it's available in all, you know, globally, very easily. It, our product is the present moment. And uh, it's a very precious thing. It's, uh, but the issue is not the supply. Our suppliers are very generous to us. They come easily. They're guaranteed, guaranteed supply. <laughs> the problem is the demand. And so uh, Andrea and I are no longer in the research and development uh, department. Now we're in the sales and advertisement department. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Andrea primarily does the advertisement, being such a good role model for the product. And I'm mostly in sales. And, uh, and guess what that makes you? <laughs> You're the customer. And so we are hoping that uh, you will appreciate our product and, uh, and uh, spend a lot of money on it. <laughs> At least tonight. And I've, we've been given a lot of thought before we were still in the research and development in department about how uh, we might finance this endeavor here. And, uh, and we've come up with the idea of an unsales commission. And the unsales commission is that, you see, we figure that your contact with the Dharma has saved you a lot of money. <laughs> if, if, it hasn't, if it hasn't yet, it will. <laughs> And um, so, for example, Andre and me, you know, we're great examples, right? We have models of what's possible. <laughs> and the combined total of years that Andre and I have not paid for a haircut <laughs> is about 15 or 20 years, right? How many years have you gone without paying for a haircut? Six or seven, and I've gone, yeah, I've gone probably about 12, so... You know, 15, 20 years, but that's a lot of money saved. <laughs> and, um, and how much do you spend on lipstick? 
<laughs> Makeup? Very little, right? The amount of money she saved <laughs> is phenomenal. And, uh, and so you could be such people. <laughs> and, that, and all the stuff that you don't buy, we'd like a commission. <laughs> And, if, you, and if, this, if this fundraising event is not a huge success, then we're going to bring on our next fundraising uh, uh, project plan event, uh, which maybe you, you we'll see how well successful it is, but we're going to have a, a Dharma fashion show <laughs> <laughs> where Kevin <laughs> and me and Andre will show you the cutting edge <laughs> of Dharma fashion. And one of the great things you'll discover through this fashion show is how much money you could possibly save. <laughs> For example, I mean, Kevin, you know, dresses very well. He, you know, you stand in the show, please. He dresses very well. <laughs> and, um, but, you know, he lives in Berkeley. <laughs> Overdressed. Over Ber- so he probably buys his clothes in Berkeley which you don't, you don't save that much money buying in Berkeley. On my, my case, I'm going to show you the shirt that I'm wearing. See this shirt? Beautiful shirt. Okay. So, I, I, thank you. I bought this shirt in Marin County. In, in, so, so, the comparison is good. So, and I bought it at um, uh, half-time, half-price sale at the Goodwill. <laughs> so Berkeley, Marin so you can t- see how much I've saved <laughs> so it's pretty easy to calculate you know, the tremendous savings that you have and, and if you need to save more money there I can tell you more things you could not buy and 10% of that <laughs> or something like that so um, so buy our product Spread the message. It's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you will... Primarily, it's a pyramid scheme because it's a pyramid scheme for merit. So as we share in the joy and the delight of this practice and sharing our goodness and love and compassion with others and see support other people to practice, uh, the, the, it's a kind of a, a pyramid scheme for... A joy, a Ponzi scheme for joy, <laughs> and and it, there's no end to it. So we'll just get happier and happier. So thank you all, and now it's my delight to uh, introduce you to Wes Nisker, who is my wonderful colleague and a Vipassana teacher, and uh, a wonderful uh, performer, and a wonderful news uh, reporter. And uh, you see, see, he's here partly, uh, partly in his capacity as a, as a journalist, and uh, he's here taking notes. And about... <laughs> so we want to make a good impression on him. So he goes home and writes up us really well. So...
Thank you, Gil. That was that was wonderful. I, I mean, uh, nobody, I, I think, previous to this has thought of selling the pr the present moment. You know, I just <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. You know, uh, in, in Hindu and Buddhist uh, cosmology, they believe that there are many, many universes. Uh, once the Dalai Lama was asked if they had uh, the Big Bang in Tibetan Buddhist cosmology, and he said, mm, oh, yes, but bang, 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 many bangs, <laughs> many universes. So, uh, yeah... Um, Speaking of which, I thought that this was uh, the IPO. You mentioned something about initial public offering being the Big Bang itself, was it? Yeah, because like Carl Sagan said, if you want to make uh, apple pie from scratch, first you have to make a universe. <laughs> and uh, so we honor the Big Bang. We honor the Big Bang. Uh, it happened, by the way, 13.7 billion years ago today. So happy birthday to everybody. What? The Big Bang? There'll be another one we can, if we can get title to it. Um, tomorrow is April Fool's Day. Unfortunately, not enough people are paying attention to this day. I, I think it actually should be the biggest international holy day of them all because it honors all humanity regardless of race, creed, or nationality. As Shakespeare said, Lord, what fools these mortals be. And I don't know, if you, if you want to see a fool, ch check yourself in the mirror. Uh, maybe not with an eye to grooming, but to, you know, make, make some of your ordinary faces, you know, your your serious, concerned, interested look. <laughs> or your, you know, sly, come hither. Uh -huh. uh, make some of your ordinary guises that your personality takes in the mirror, and you will probably start laughing, you know. Um, and meditators certainly know, you all know what fools you are. I mean, you, you go in and you watch this mind and all of its drivel, you know, and it's just endless spewing. One of the reasons that I got involved in meditation in the first place was because uh, I realized that my mind had a thinking problem. <laughs> was a heavy thinker. Started thinking the minute I got up in the morning and continued to think in the afternoon. I had to have a couple thoughts before I went to bed at night. <laughs> Now, anyway, my mind and I are, you know, now, now we have a little different relationship. Uh, we're still friends. We, we live together, but I, we're no longer quite so codependent. But, you know, science is starting to un uh, explain to us why we're fools, why, why we're such foolish beings. Uh, 
uh, a big discovery in the late 60s uh, by the neuroscientist uh, uh, at M- uh, NIMH discovered that we, no, we don't have a brain, we humans. We have three. Inside your skull right now is a fully functioning reptilian brain, a fully functioning mammalian brain, and the new human brain or neocortex. And there is growing and convincing scientific evidence that we use our new human brain mostly to make excuses for the behavior generated by the other two brains. <laughs> that we are not rational animals, we are rationalizing animals. Really. Con- this thing, this game of consciousness is, is, is very interesting that's uh, revealing what meditators kind of know from firsthand experience. That, you know, you, you aren't in charge of this, this, uh, this animal very much. You know, a little bit maybe. There's a little wiggle room where you can gain some awareness. Um, but, you know, as meditators, also you know you don't have to take, take it all too personally. You know, it's, we're a species of fools. There's no question about it. I mean, for evidence, look at the fact that we are burning up millions of years of the sun's stored energy in one century a huge bonfire of the vanities that we are that we are doing when we're changing we're altering the climate of the planet we're basically starting to cook ourselves at least we may have a choice as to the cooking method we use if we continue to increase greenhouse gases we will be poached But if we destroy the ozone layer first, we will be microwaved. (laughs) Would you like a salad with that or fries? (laughs) And and we have totally overpopulated the planet. Some of you will have to go. (laughs) I think the people people who uh, wrote the Bible got God's message wrong. I don't think it was go forth and multiply was go forth and add. (laughs) I mean, we should have figured it out. Everybody's got their own problems. So the more people there are, the more problems there will be. It's so obvious. But what really makes us fools is the fact that we don't admit it. The fact that we think we're these noble, brilliant, rational, highfalutin beings... I think we should make April Fool's Day into a big international holiday and have mass gatherings where we acknowledge our foolishness with rituals and ceremonies. Maybe we could have a uh, seven billion person kazoo concert. (laughs) Everybody knows row, row, row your boat. That would be fun. Or a mass mooning of each other. That may be a little more than the collective psyche can take, maybe. <laughs> the, the idea I had that I, I really like is that we have local gatherings and we all do uh, a practice reminiscent of what the Jews do on Rosh Hashanah where you beat your breast and, and acknowledge to the community that you have sinned. This would be the Homer Simpson forehead slapping ritual <laughs> where we acknowledge our foolishness to each other. So... I want you to get your, your, your hand ready. Okay. All right. We'll do this uh, little community 
acknowledgement. Okay. All right. Now, let's just to practice. Oh, don't, don't. Okay. Now, uh, everyone who thought that after the Soviet Union collapsed and the Cold War ended, things were going to get much better in the world. Slap that forehead. Don't. Okay, anybody who thought that the World Wide Web and cell phones and computers would give us all more freedom and make life e easier, slap that. Okay, everybody who thought that doing yoga, wearing crystals, or meditating would solve all their problems, so... And now, uh, one last time, anyone who actually thinks that someday they will get it all together, so... Now, doesn't that feel good? You know that, you're, you know that you're with friends, and we're all a bunch of fools. We are a species of fools. It's very, very clear. It, it brings to mind, however, the consolation is, uh, as the great Taoist Chuang Tzu says, those who know they are fools are not the biggest fools. So here we are. The IPO for IMC is really about the fact that we are fools and that we are dedicated here to trying to raise awareness and bring us out of our foolishness and generate some wisdom and um, save the species. I, I mean, this is what it's all about, life or death. It's, it's a matter of life or death. What, so give, you know, give. You want to see this experiment continue, don't you? I mean, this... Experiment in life and consciousness. We're dedicated, and I think Gil and Andrea would agree, we're dedicated to relieving the suffering of the world. So when we get together for a party like this, we really want to be sure to acknowledge the fact that we are all suffering. Uh, that's very important. So I, I want to remind you of the first noble truth. The Buddha's uh, beginning of his, all of his teaching, where he says... Everyone who is born will suffer disappointment, dissatisfaction, pain, illness, old age, and death. I don't know about you, but that was a great relief for me to read that first noble truth. I realized that I hadn't been singled out for special punishment. <laughs> We're all in this together. Misery loves company. So let's go through the facts of life together, just briefly, as a kind of group therapy. First of all, you didn't ask to be born. Oh, you? You remember asking? No. Uh, maybe, you know, at least you don't. Most of us don't remember asking to be born. Uh, you know, sometime in early childhood, you kind of wake up, damn, I'm in a life. You know, and then everyone is born with a very powerful survival instinct that makes you want more than anything else to stay alive. So you didn't ask to be born and you don't want to die. It's like nature trapped you in this life. <laughs> you don't get to choose who you're going to be. You don't get to choose the body you will inhabit. I don't remember a catalog of choices being offered. Would you like eyes in the front and the back? Would you like to swim, fly, or walk as your primary means of locomotion? No, you just get a standard issue. 
Biped, vertebrate, mid-sized mammal, big forebrain. You don't get to choose your personality. The uh, genetic scientists say that we're all born with a particular temperament to be novelty-seeking, withdrawn, reward-dependent. And the psychologists say whatever part of our personality isn't set at birth will be set long before we have any choice in the matter in early childhood. Which brings us to the fact that we don't get to choose our parents, the dear ones who will set a lifelong neurosis for us. <laughs> so we don't get to choose our bodies. We don't get to choose our personality. We're not free to be who we are. We are forced to be who we are. And then you've got to feed this body a few times a day to keep it alive. And that means you have to work, uh, think, or type, or schlep, or, some, or, or hunt. Hunting works. Uh, you've got to do something to keep feeding this body. And every time you get out of bed in the morning, you have to fight gravity. Every step you take, you have to fight gravity. And you're not told why you're here or exactly what you're supposed to be doing while you're here. You're given just enough awareness to know that you do exist and that someday you will die, which you very much don't want to do. These are the facts of life. As Wavy Gravy says, if you don't have a sense of humor, it's just not funny. Nietzsche, Nietzsche put it well. Nietzsche said, God's only excuse is that he doesn't exist. <laughs> no, it's not a pretty picture. And aging, oh, I didn't understand aging until I started doing it more often. I didn't understand aging until my body began to explain it to me. First, my eyes spoke up. Mr. Nisker, we've just about seen enough. We're tired of gazing at beautiful sunsets and beautiful women. We're taking the receptors and focusing muscles and going into semi-retirement. And then my bowels spoke up. They've been speaking to me my whole life, but they began to sing a different tune. Nisker, we're tired of your crap, tired of pushing it around down here. Couple shitloads a day. We're going on a work slowdown. And then my testicles, my dear testicles, say, hey, man, we've produced a lot of sperm over the years down here, enough to populate an entire galaxy with your offspring. We know you've wasted a lot of it, too. Well, maybe you better take robes or start seriously practicing Tantra because we're running out of juice. And then my bladder. My bladder was nice, tried to explain it to me. Said, hey, Wes, you know, you go over to the sink, you turn on the faucet, there's a washer broke in there. Ooh, and then the water comes out sideways or in a spray, and you can't turn it all the way off. Well, there's a washer broke down here, and uh, we can't find a new one. Don't expect to get a good night's sleep until your next life. Now, oh, yeah, and then, and then my memory spoke up. It had two words for me. Forget it. <laughs> Just forget forget it. I tell you, I tell you, it's not a pretty picture. Someone said, 
someone, someone said, someone said, as we age, our hard parts get softer and our soft parts get harder. And and it's just it's just kind of a slow fall. But what are you going to do? I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It's it's the nature of things. Woke up this morning, there was trouble in my mind. I tried some meditation, but no peace could I find. Called up my guru, I asked him what to do. He said, son, you just got to remember that first noble truth. You were born to suffer. You were born to pay your dues. And that path keeps getting longer when you got the Buddha blues. Well, now money will bring you problems. Love will make you cry. Sometimes it seems like life is just a bitch and then you die. The Buddha said desire is what keeps you feeling bad. And now my desire to end all desire is the worst one I ever had. Oh, going to leave me to suffer. Going to leave me to pay more dues. And that path goes on forever. When you got the Buddha blues, Mr. Kevin, take it. Woo! Now the Christian people believe you go to heaven or you go to hell. The Jews believe the Messiah is yet to come, going to judge this life so well. Some people believe it don't mean nothing in the end. But the Buddha then told me, I'm going to come back and do it again and again and again and again. Be reborn to suffer. Be reborn to pay my dues. And that path keeps getting longer. When you got the Buddha blues. Now listen. Hey, we're all born in ignorance. A world of greed and hate. Maybe things will get better when we reincarnate. We won't have so many problems. Next life will be fine. As long as we don't get a body, Lord. As long as we don't get a mind. Won't have to suffer so much. Won't have to pay so many dues. That path could get a little shorter. Won't have so many Buddha blues. I said that path could get a little shorter. Won't have so many Buddha blues. Whoa, no, no, no. Woo-hoo. Yeah, I don't know.
third time. No, you know. 805. Um, just a quick, uh, I'll just do a quick summary of my spiritual path for you. Uh, <laughs> I was born and raised the only Jewish kid in a small town in Nebraska. My, my, so my path started out kind of flat. Uh, but I, I won't go into that. I mean, it, uh, you know, I, I was born like many of us in a time of transition, a kind of religious upheaval and spiritual revolution. It happens regularly throughout history. If you look back, you see that, uh, for instance, the descendants of a family living near the Mediterranean could have gone from believing in Kronos to believing in Zeus, to believing in Jupiter, and then believing in Jehovah, and then adding Jesus in just the last five millennia. Even among the gods, there is occasional regime change, you know? <laughs> I kind of got caught in the changeover. I remember trembling in synagogue on Rosh Hashanah, praying to Jehovah to write me into the Book of Life for another year. And uh, I even, even had an image of this god, and even though I was Jewish, my God looked Italian. Uh, you know, the guy up there on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel with the long flowing white hair and white beard, the God as an aging bohemian. Uh, remember, the Jews said we weren't supposed to make any graven image because God was everywhere, which was a great leap of consciousness, you know, and uh, saved us a lot of money on statues, it turns out. You know, I mean, you put a golden calf on your altar, it could fall off and break. But um, then the Italians inherited the Jewish God and couldn't resist trying to paint him. But I don't go to synagogue so much anymore. Now I have a private altar at home. On my private altar is a statue of the dignified meditating Buddha, a little uh, wooden head of a Chinese laughing Buddha, um, a picture of the goddess Kali, a little wooden figurine of the native trickster Coyote. Other deities get shuffled onto my altar from time to time. I'm a spiritual slut. I just, you know, <laughs> bring them on. Bring them all on. Sometimes I look at my altar, I think, I'm in recovery from monotheism, you know? Uh, and, and often I look at my altar, I think, none of these gods has a green card to work in America. They've all been smuggled into this country by people like myself. And now I have this kind of new age belief that all the gods and all the symbols and all the rituals are all pointing to the same mystery. And I have great reverence for that mystery and for whoever or whatever created it all, who I now refer to as the artist formerly known as God. <laughs> I actually have a solution to art. God problems, in case you have one, a God problem. Uh, I think we should call all the gods together, have like a summit meeting, and beseech them for the sake of humanity to all adopt the same name, a common name. Now, I'm the only one working on this project, so <laughs> let me make a suggestion. You'll notice how many of the, the gods have names that end in ah, Allah. Jehovah, Brahma, Krishna, Diana, Tara. So we all, 
We ask all the gods to adopt the common nickname, ah. Yes, it is the first sound we make when we're born. And the last sound we make when we're dying, sighing, ah. So our first and last breath would automatically be a prayer. Isn't that awesome? It's totally awesome. But uh, my spiritual path. Yeah, so, you know, it's been, it's been a little confusing because, you know, and then I, then I, I met the Buddha. I actually met the Buddha, uh, the path of the Buddha, in 1970 when I went to India, along with this great wave of young Westerners. And we were going to seek out these ancient wisdom traditions at the source. We were going to try to find a way to get high and never have to come down. And I thought I'd go to India and find a teacher who would teach me how to merge with the cosmic oneness. And then... Uh, my painful self-consciousness would disappear and the bliss would kick in. I thought it might take a couple months. <laughs> I mean, who knew? Who knew, right? But there was a big, there was a big movement back then at the, at the time, a big idea of merging with the cosmic oneness. That was kind of like, I think it, the drugs may have had something to do with that. I, I, I distinctly remember quite often standing in a group of, stoned people, and almost inevitably, someone would say, well, man, everything is everything. (laughs) That was like a conversation stopper, for sure, you know. (laughs) Everything is everything. No further distinctions can be made. But, of course, it's true. Everything is everything, and vice versa. Everything is everything, for better or for worse. Everything is everything on some level anyway. Everything is just a play of shadow and light. Everything is everything morning, noon, and night. Plato said, we live in a cave of illusion. And the Taoist wonders, am I awake or in a dream? And Einstein, he came to this conclusion. He said, this matters not what it seems. And everything is poetry and physics say the scientists and the mystics. It's in space-time. It's all in your mind. It's what you believe. It's the dance of Shiva, veil of Maya, the robes of the prophet. It's all made out of the same cloth. It's electrical, chemical, AC, and DC, and E equals MC squared. And that means MC squared equals E. It's quarks, leptons, gluons, muons, muons for eons and eons. Through a telescope or a microscope, it's all the same by any name. The macro, the micro, the sky above, the mud below, it's all one. And there's nothing new under the sun. So if you're walking a spiritual path, you say you're trying to get to the one, maybe you better do your math. Because if everything is everything, you're already done. And everything is sex, drugs, rock and roll, body and soul, birth, death, all the rest. Everything is a metaphor for everything else. Everything is perfect in its imperfection in all the ten directions. Everything is you. You are the universe. This body is the body of the universe. You are everything, and everything is, everything is, everything is, fill in the blank.
Smile like the Buddha for a while. Let me see you break a grin. Like the Buddhas make it thin. Just a little teaser. Thin just like the Mona Lisa's smile. It does wonders for your skin. Helps get rid of double chins. It could even give your eyes a twinkle. Maybe raise a dimple, a brand new wrinkle if you smile. Yeah, when you're stuck in the gloom, you can't find any room. Your mind is pulling its hair. Bring your mind home, settle it on your abdomen and Take a deep breath of air and smile like the Buddha for a while. Even though you know the facts, know that there's no turning back. You just got to face it, taste it all and grace it all with a smile. And you've got to confess the world's in a mess and the change is up to you and me. But to turn it around, you've got to get rid of the frown and become what you want it to be. So smile as you sabotage the state just because it feels so great. Doesn't matter if you lose or if you win. You'll always be a winner as long as there's a grin or a smile. And when you cut through confusion, you'll come to this conclusion. Life is one big mystery. And no matter what you do, you should be tickled to be human. And don't take it too seriously. Just smile like the Buddha for a while. Even though you're going to die. So make the smile a little wry. In the end, you know, the joke's on you too. So make the last thing that you do be a smile. Smile on my friend Kevin Griffin, please. Smile on each other. Smile on the world. Smile on the Buddha. And give your money to IMC. So we do have this online auction, and, um, and a lot of people, especially Michelle and Michael here, put a lot of time into organizing it, gathering together, putting it online. Catherine Byers has also been very key involved in a lot of time. And to my surprise, uh, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, there was a, a lot of wonderful option, uh, objects, things that were offered. And uh, so a lot of them are around here on the periphery of the outer room. And that auction uh, begins uh, today. And it uh, lasts for three, three, three weeks. And Michelle, do you want to say something about how it works online? Or do you want, Michael, do you want to say something? Oh, sure. Uh, Here. Well, it, okay. Um, 
It's very simple. For those of you who have done eBay, it's very similar. There's proxy bidding. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff available. Um, it's very simple to use. You can even bid with your iPhone or your iPad. We've tested on Android, too. It works. Um, so, so if you have any questions about it, uh, feel free to send an email to, to think. You can get to the auction site from the uh, I, IRC web, main website. And you just click on the icon, and you'll go right to the site. You have to log in and get an account, and then you just simply bid. And that's all there is to it, really. Thank you. And um, so, you know, so, so um, lots of things being offered. You know, there's art, there's jewelry, there's vacations in Aruba and Oregon, all kinds of services like massage and acupuncture and sightsee sightseeing flights, sailing, editing, and cooking together. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and also, there is uh, uh, lunch with Jack Cornfield. That he, that he, he heard what we were doing, and they said, oh, I can offer myself for lunch if people want to bid for lunch with him. And um, so anyway, uh, uh, it's part of our efforts uh, to try to figure out how, as an inside community, the, the kind of way we are and organized here to try to raise money. And this is what we've come up with. And I hope that you all participate and share and find it meaningful uh, that we do this. Uh, so, Andrea? So, um, I just want to do my own fashion show here. The, the most important part of being a female Dharma teacher is the shawl accoutrement. <laughs> and uh, it's most important, uh, if you can, when asked, where did you get that? If you say, somebody gave it to me. So, yes, yeah, somebody gave this to me. <laughs> so, um, I want to um, offer um, Wes and Kevin both uh, a gesture of our appreciation. Well, I was hoping for nothing. <laughs> and inside, I think. If you, if you look very carefully, you will find a piece of nothing. <laughs> so I wanted to thank um, Anna Aneglia for the beautiful artwork that she offered. Thank you so much. <laughs> and a, a number of other thank yous for, um, for the... Um, the caretakers of IRC, Betsy Blessing. Is Betsy here? <laughs> Betsy and, and, he, and Gila, Gila Rose. Is Gila here? Gila's not here? Uh, Betsy and Gila have been uh, co-caretakers for IRC, staying on the property and taking care of it for us while, while we're um, getting ready for the renovations. And Betsy has also been the landscape manager, so she's been doing way more than just um, guarding the property. And then Carol Collins, Kim McLaughlin, and Alan Kirahara for providing the food tonight. Thank you for the food. <laughs> and for also for many of the work days that we've had at, our, at IRC to, um, to get the property ready for renovation. And Carol... Uh, Carol Collins also spent many, many 
hours, weeks, days, months of her life looking for property for us. Years. <laughs> five-year five year search that Carol put into this. And thank you to Catherine Byers, who has been um, supporting our fundraising efforts. And to Ines, who, without whom, none of this would be happening. Thank you, Ines. <laughs> and thank you also for all of the volunteers who made tonight's event possible. Um, we have a cake. Um, is the cake ready to be blessed? <laughs> I'm, I'm ready. You're ready? <laughs> oh, okay, right, sorry. <laughs> so we will, we will have dessert, and the cake is coming. Um, so after dessert, um, on your way out, you can take, there's little mini replica tiles that you can all get, little mini replica tiles. Um, you can take a certificate of merit uh, and make a donation. <laughs> Wes or Kevin, are you going to bless? Would you bless the cake for us? So we will, uh, after Wes and Kevin bless the cake, we will um, take the cake out to the community hall. And if you um, could eat it out there, we don't want to have any food in here. We'll cut it out there, okay. May this cake bring us more dough. <laughs> I've been working on a CD for a while of, of my Dharma-related songs, and, and really Wes has been my inspiration for many of my songs. My song, Laughing Buddha, which is the title of the album, which I'm not going to attempt right now uh, because it's too loud. Uh, but uh, and a lot of the songs were also written for the family program at Spirit Rock, so that's one of the reasons they're kind of playful. Um, but uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to perform the songs without a band because bands are just problems. I've spent <laughs> spent years with bands, so I've, I've, what I'm doing is I'm using these raw tracks that I recorded at home as backing tracks, and so I call my band the Renunciations because uh, they renounced playing with me. So we'll see how this...
So to end this part of the, here in this hall, uh, I've asked Kevin to come and uh, bless our cake, and in blessing the cake, blessing our efforts at IRC. And uh, as has been said, we're, the work starts on Monday, and with a little bit of luck, the contractor says six months to do the work, and this is a contractor who apparently is close, usually good for his word. It's a big, it's a kind of a... So with a little bit of luck, I think, we'll, we'll be having our first retreats at IRC uh, by November or December. Pretty cool, huh? So, so I don't know if, if uh, what it says on this, it says, IRC, it's the icing on the cake. <laughs> and uh, mm. so if you could do your blessings... With all your power that you have? Well, seeing a cake that we're going to share just reminds me of the Buddha saying that we should never uh, have a meal without sharing it. And uh, that's what this whole event and this center represents, us sharing
this meal of Dharma, this incredible gift. And I have to bow to you, Gil, because I'm definitely one of those people who would say, you can't do it. <laughs> and you have been such an inspiration to the Dharma community, someone who just believes so truly in Dana that uh, we've all followed you. And uh, that's what it takes, the leadership. Um, and, of course, it also takes follow followership. Um, so as we eat this together, mindfully, may we enjoy the sweetness and think of the sweetness of our many retreats we will be partaking of at IRC. And may this center, that center, and may we all be blessed. May all beings be free from suffering. So, so uh, Kim will take the cake out and start cutting it. And those of you who would like to come and have cake... Please have cake. Remember, we have some little gifts for you, little pieces of tile. And, um, and please, um, uh, I'm very grateful for all the donations and the contributions you've made for our retreat center. And as is obvious, uh, I, I'm very grateful that you do it again. <laughs> so thank you very much.